You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about our sermon series that we're going to be doing the, uh, for the summertime, the way that we're going to be spending our time during the messages for the summer. It's called Practice Makes Progress. And the reason it's called that is because we're talking about spiritual disciplines. Now, if you don't know what spiritual disciplines are, they are ways, they are practices for uh each of us to draw close to God, to spend time with him, uh, to focus ourselves, to learn and grow and hopefully progress as we do these things. So that's why the series is called Practice Makes Progress. And as we talk about them for the next uh, six or seven weeks or eight weeks, we'll be interchanging the word uh, spiritual discipline. We'll be interchanging the word discipline and practice. Um, not because they're necessarily the exact same thing, but because um, they can describe the same the same thing as we as we do them. So it takes uh, practice to have discipline, right? But it also takes discipline to be able to practice. Okay, so we're we're going to be calling them spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices. So last week. Randy Esselmont blessed us by sharing uh, the first message in the series. He talked with us about uh, spending time in God's Word, right? Studying and focusing on the Bible and finding God as we do that and and being disciplined in doing that in order to grow as Christians. We're also going to be talking about uh, things as broad and, and central as prayer, topics like prayer. We could talk... I actually thought we would be talking about prayer for the entire summer because it's such a huge and important thing for us to to consider and learn about and grow in. But uh, we're, it's it's only going to be a couple of the messages in in the series about spiritual disciplines. We'll talk about prayer. Uh, we're going to be talking about things like rest and Sabbath, uh, meditation on God's word, and and a variety of other things as well. Okay. But the thing about all of these is that, yes, spiritual practices and disciplines are a personal thing, right? They're individual. Um, they're about you and God. They're about your relationship with him, the way you spend your time and being disciplined and focused in, in doing these various activities. However, as individual as they are, I'm going to suggest this morning that fellowship is also a spiritual discipline for Christians to engage in. And in this way, that all of the other spiritual disciplines will also be um, opened up, they'll be amplified, and they'll be deeper and more meaningful, because in fellowship, we share with one another most of the other topics that we're going to be covering, right? So our spiritual discipline that we're focusing on today is fellowship. I thought it would be um, poignant, I suppose, as we have, uh, as Bailey said in prayer, we spent time in fellowship this morning, right, over pancakes. Um, fellowship is kind of a churchy word. It's sort of like a word that Christians like to say a lot. Um, so for me, I, I grew up going to church uh, in, in different kinds of churches, but I, I often heard this word fellowship. So now as an adult, when I hear the word fellowship, there's one very particular thing that it means to me. There's one thing that comes to mind. 
What fellowship means to me is rainbow marshmallow peanut butter squares. Rainbow. Some of you. Yes. Okay. Some of us are like, amen. That is fellowship. That's the definition of fellowship is these rainbow marshmallow peanut butter squares. Others are like, I told you we should have gone to street wheelers this morning. (laughs) This guy's crazy. (laughs) My plan was to like figure out, I've never made them. But there's only a couple ingredients, so my plan was to like have a pan of them up here. Yeah, zoom in, have a pan of them, and say like this is what I'm talking about, and then afterwards we could share them, and someone would have a peanut allergy, and they would just get really bad really fast. So, anyways, when I hear the word fellowship, the definition in my brain is rainbow marshmallow peanut butter squares. I think actually if there was such a thing as a church dictionary and you had the 94-95 edition and you turned to the word fellowship, there would be a diagram or a picture or maybe a recipe for this snack. Squares, um, coffee breaks, coffee time, which is different from coffee break, um, potlucks, you know, suppers, all of these things. This is kind of... I think probably what most of us who who know what fellowship is in church, this is probably what we think of. Church picnics, things like that, right? It's kind of like the Christian word for having fun. It's like a church word for being together and having fun. And it is part of what it is, but what I'm going to explain to us this morning is that my definition of the rainbow, marshmallow, peanut butter squares, that definition of fellowship is okay, but it's actually incomplete Right? It's kind of shallow. It's not really the full extent of fellowship that uh, God would have for his church and would have for us here at the gate. All right? So every time I say the word fellowship, which will be a lot, I guarantee it, I hope you think of the, the tasty treat that I described. But I'm going to be trying to undo that, right, as we, as we dig a little bit deeper and see what, what fellowship is about. Um, the passage that I wanted to read in regards to, to this today, just one verse from Psalm 133, verse 1. The psalmist says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Okay. I think the two key words for us that we'll, that we'll be talking about from this verse are dwell and unity. I think dwell comes first, and then we'll talk about that, and we'll explain it, and then we'll talk about unity in the second half. So first, to dwell with one another. What does it mean to dwell with one another? It means to, you know, literally be together, to be in the same physical space, to uh, spend time with one another, Right? To be together. Now, talking about discipline, for some Christians, it takes no discipline at all, right? To dwell with one another, to be in fellowship with other Christians. This comes very naturally. You know, we're, we're, we're people people, and we like to socialize and spend our time with other people and so on. But for others, to dwell with one another takes a lot of discipline, even just to say hi to the who's sitting next to us in church on a Sunday morning. That can take tons of discipline just to get there, and I understand that. So we're all over the place with how, how 
how easily this comes to us. But, but either way, what I'm talking about is ensuring that all of us in our own lives would be intentional, right, to make the time to dwell with one another, to be purposeful in doing this, and to ensure that we're doing it in a, in a way that's meaningful and that honors God. To dwell with one another. Uh, Romans 12:15 is a, a popular verse that tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep. How can we do these things if we don't dwell together? How can we possibly weep with one another when we're sad? Or how can we possibly laugh together if we don't dwell together at least once in a while and have relationship and spend time in the same place at the same time? Okay, so dwelling together is the first part, and it's important. But that's not the end. That's not quite how we get to fellowship, I don't think, anyways. Because I can, you know, I can go to the food court or a restaurant and sit there by myself eating my meal and technically be dwelling with others, right, without being connected at all. So this is where the word unity comes in and where unity is is all the more important for us as we fellowship together. It's dwelling in unity that makes fellowship so good. The psalmist exclaims, he says, behold, this means like, oh, you got to you got to check this out. This is amazing and good. Behold, it's good to dwell together in unity. It's dwelling in unity that makes fellowship good. The rainbow marshmallow peanut butter squares may be a part of it, but they also may not. They're not as key as I once thought in, in terms of what it means to fellowship with other Christians. It's the unity that we have in Jesus that makes fellowship meaningful and wonderful. So again, I mean, we're looking forward when I say this, but consider some of the other spiritual disciplines in terms of on our own versus in unity with other Christians. You know, worship and singing and praise, this is beautiful and a thing that Christians ought to be doing every day, right? Worship to God. But how much more powerful and awesome is it when we are joined together and, and truly united singing to God? It's, it's great. Or prayer is another one. It's, it's, you know, necessary every day for Christians to be praying and walking with God in prayer. But it's really, really good also when it is shared with one another, when, I, when, when we pray together, or when you pray for someone, right? Or encouragement and guidance. You can find these things on your own, like in a book or something. You can be encouraged and find guidance, and, and, and that's good. But to, to find these things in the context of, of your brothers and sisters, Right in church to, to, to hear the truth spoken to you in love. This is a very good and, and meaningful and deep thing. So what I'm talking about is how fellowship kind of takes the other spiritual disciplines and it and it multiplies them and it makes it more three dimensional and colorful and it and it grows us in a in a good way and it grows these spiritual practices for us in a good way too. One of my favorite illustrations of what I'm talking about is of a guitar. Or any musical instrument, but there's my guitar. By the way, that's not the first time it's fallen off a guitar stand, if anybody saw that. It's not, it's not troubling at all. Um, so we have a guitar, and there's, you know, there's strings, and there's single notes. 
And a single note or a single string can fulfill its own purpose as it's plucked on its own, and that's fine. But how much more beautiful and wonderful and full is it if the, if the guitar is actually played, right? If the notes are strummed, if there's chords, if there's melody, and if it's being played skillfully. This is kind of a picture of what I'm talking about in fellowship, where we're, yes, on our own we are who we are, and that's, that's meaningful and true. However, um, when God, the creator, right, when he makes the music um, of his of his church being united together it's it's just it's so rich and full and it's what god wants for us when he calls us to uh, fellowship with one another i believe so what i'm getting at is that fellowship whatever however you relate to it or wherever you're at fellowship is a spiritual discipline that is worth practicing Fellowship is something that is worth our energy and our time to practice and to grow in and, and to move forward in uh, as a church and as believers in this world. Uh, the Apostle Paul is an example in most occasions, and he is here as well. In 1 Thessalonians, he's uh, uh, 3.10. He says that he prays day and night. You know, he's crying out day and night. He's longing to be with the church that he's writing to. Day and night, he prays to be with them. And we're probably not quite there yet, I don't think, anyways. (laughs) Uh, We may not be, you know, praying and crying out to God, oh, when's the next time that I can fellowship with other believers? That's probably because we don't feel the depth of necessity either that Paul did. I mean, imagine his ministry in his life and the exile and the, and the persecution and the, the radical ministry that he carried out. And that's why he needed the fellowship so badly of his churches. That's why he was you know, praying day and night that God would just allow him to be with them again. It was because he needed it. The, so, so fellowship is, is sweet and, it, and it's uh, wonderful and it can be a lot of fun. But it's not just um, for us to enjoy in in and of itself, I suppose, right? It is, and in fact, it should be a thing which we do crave and need in order to be um, encouraged and built up and, and, and filled in a certain way so that we are um, more able to do what we are called to do when we're out and not together, right? It's a, it's a thing which um, is for the purpose of the kingdom, it's not just it's not a selfish activity or a self-fulfilling thing which we are called to simply enjoy like rainbow peanut butter marshmallow squares it's so much deeper and more uh, more rich than that so I believe that it, as we grow in this life of following Jesus which will be hard that we will need the fellowship of the church to support and encourage and uphold and help carry us forward. So, like I said, we need to be intentional in finding ways to fellowship and finding ways to do this and practice it. This is where the practice part comes in. Even this week, you know, with each of these sermons, I'm, I'm going to be telling you something that you can practice this week between now and next Sunday if you would like to. 
this week, you can be praying, you can be asking God to remind you to, to make time, right? To make it a priority and, and to show you ways that, that what it would look like to fellowship. Because it's, it could be almost anything, you know? Um, so pray and ask God that he would reveal that to you in your life in the ways that you can connect with other believers and have meaningful, purposeful conversations, right? Um, to, to ask another Christian about their faith and, and how they're doing that day in that particular context. To, um, to be with other people and pray with them and to be prayed for and pray for other things with other Christians, right? Pray for our city and things like that. Um, and like I said, even just to spend time with another Christian brother or sister doing something that you can enjoy together and, and to, to experience that in the context of the unity that you have in Jesus. Uh, fellowship doesn't have to be complicated, and it certainly doesn't have to happen within these church walls, right? Like each Sunday, it's like a facilitated time for us to hopefully fellowship and be united in meaningful ways but it does not have to happen here it does not have to be on sundays and it may not even have to include rainbow marshmallow peanut butter squares although it could if you were to fellowship with myself um so fellowship is an important spiritual discipline or it can be And as we practice it, God will use it to his glory in your life and through you. Now, as we as we finish, uh, as we start to wrap up the service. We are led to the meal of communion. And this is where it gets really good. In fellowship here this morning, before the service started, we ate breakfast, right? We had food and hopefully uh, satisfied our, our appetite and, and filled our bodies with, with good food. Communion is the spiritual fellowship where we eat and are spiritually satisfied, right? It's where we come and, and receive these symbols and in taking them, we acknowledge and accept the satisfaction of, of Jesus in our lives. Communion, the word in this, in this context, it's the mutual participation, right? It's a mutual participation together in these symbols of Christ's death on the cross. In 1 Corinthians 11.26 says that when we eat and drink communion... We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim his death until he comes. So doing communion together is possibly the best way to fellowship with other Christians. It's the best of the best. It fulfills our purpose in life. It even fulfills you know, our church's purpose statement to proclaim Jesus' name to the glory of God. So by taking communion, 1 Corinthians tells us we get to experience and know this together and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Earlier in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, 17, Paul describes the church and the unity of the church in the image of communion itself. It says this. He says, because there is one bread... We who are many 
are one body, for we all partake in the one bread. Jesus is the bread, right? He's the bread of life. So we can see that we fellowship as we join together. Though we are many, we come together in, in a holy unity by taking the elements, the, the bread which symbolizes Jesus' body as it was broken on the cross for our sins and the juice which is a symbol of his blood spilled on the cross for our sins. And as we take it and receive it together, together we proclaim Jesus' death until he returns and we are united in fellowship. Mm-hmm.